Insightful Podcasts by Informative Hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. This is episode 93. Thoughts, Souls, and Sorcerers. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my talented and inspirational co-host, Michelle Whalen. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, dear? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing all right. We had quite the hiatus from podcasting for the last few weeks. We sure did. Uh, did a lot of work in here. Yep. Did ripped, a lot of... <laughs> uh, ripped everything out and put it all yep. back in. <laughs> and everything seems to be working. Which fingers, is uh, fingers crossed and knocking on wood. You know, we did some work, you know, in the around the house as well. Yep. You know, a couple of remodeling, redecorating, you know, things. You know, still a little work to, to do, but very, very productive use of our downtime. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we are back after the first of the uh, year now in the in the new year. Thankfully, 2020 is behind us. Thank goodness. Um, this, actually, our third season will, will kick off in February, right. I believe. Mm-hmm. That's, our, that's our official season break. But right. uh, moving forward here, we're keeping the same format. And uh, mm-hmm. we got new headsets, new mics, Ooh. new uh, uh, positionings for the mics. We've rearranged the studio a bit here. We have our monitors up on swing arms now, so it looks a little nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makes it easier when the studio transforms into my office. office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also replaced the computer that does all the all the heavy lifting for us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, much more robust system there. So hopefully, a lot of the glitches and screen issues and sound issues that we were experiencing uh, before the new year has uh, we've managed to arrest all those and we're good to go moving forward. Mm-hmm. So this week we do have, we're kind of easing into things. We, right. There was a lot of stuff that went on. Uh, we're not going to play catch up on, on any of that entertainment news. Uh, so we're, we are going to take a look at a couple of different things here. Uh, in our Disney detective, we're going to take a look at our thoughts on soul, the mm-hmm. new movie Pixar movie that came out. We watched right. that. We have uh, yet one more thing that we're losing. And in, in, is this, Disney World and Disneyland. Just Disney World. They Just were the Disney only World. ones that actually so had it. we're losing a little bit more magic from Disney World, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. Yeah. Then we'll move on to our Disney Detective, where we will give... Star sorry, Tales from... Tale, Tales from the Edge, edge of the, of the Galaxy. Galaxy. <laughs> See, New Year, I, same I, club. I, I didn't... And this is my fault. I didn't give you your little notes that I normally yeah, do. Yeah, you so. usually give me a summary here. So, yeah. I, so, it's all my fault, so... So in our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, we will recap the uh, Mandalorian finale. Right. Which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. 
And in relation to that, a uh, little bit of uh, Mandalorian news from between. A little Mark bit of Hamill. love going back and forth between. Yeah, uh, and well deserved too. Yeah, absolutely well deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in our entertainment news, we will talk about Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. Then we'll talk about Hamilton and their eligibility for rewards before we finish up with our insightful picks of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into all that stuff, I would invite folks to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can get the audio versions of the podcast if you look for insights into entertainment. Video versions of the podcast and all of our network podcasts are actually listed as insights into things. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Amazon, and Pandora. That was the other one. Mm. I didn't get that one into the notes yet. Oh, well. Next time. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've been saying that for, I think, four podcasts now. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, we would also invite folks to reach out to us, give us your feedback, tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you'd like us to talk about, what you'd like us not to talk about. <laughs> uh, you can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. We're on Twitter at Insights Into Things. You can hit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast or get links to all that and so much more on our website at www.insightsintothings.com. Are we ready? Let's do it. Let's dive right in. Go for Disney Detective. (laughs) I wanted to just keep singing. Um, So, again, kind of changing it up a little bit, um, you know, this week. Again, lots of stories came out with different things that were going on in the parks and and whatnot um so we you know i i figured we'd kind of change it up um so first we can talk about um one of the things that that just came out that'll be going away at uh the magic kingdom and that is the little scavenger hunt game Wait, wait, we're not gonna talk about soul you want to talk about soul first well that's the first in the list okay I'm sorry. You're throwing me off script Well, because you, like, whatever. So let's talk about Soul. <laughs> um, so Soul was um, the Pixar movie that was supposed to be released into the theaters for uh, 2021. And obviously with everything going on with the pandemic, that was one of the movies that uh, Disney had decided that on Christmas – they were going to release it on Disney Plus. It wasn't going to be a premium subscription needed like it was with uh, Mulan. So it was available on Christmas. We didn't watch it actually until last week. We kind of took our time because we were doing other things. We weren't in a, a big rush. Um, we kind of did it actually during the middle of the week, which we normally don't watch uh, movies together as a family, you know, during the week. But it was... We were kind of having a little bit of a rough week and we decided, you know, what, let's let's watch this and and hope it's it's a good movie. And we we all enjoyed it. Uh it was very enjoyable. Probably not so it's funny because when I had um posted on Facebook that we had watched it, a friend of mine from high school had asked um if she if we thought her 3-year-old daughter would have liked it. And I said she probably wouldn't have understood a lot of the the plot, but she 
probably would have enjoyed the music. Uh, definitely would have enjoyed the one character, the cat. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's definitely in terms of, you know, the Pixar movies, it's definitely a much more, more mature, mature yeah, yeah. Uh, movie. You know, so like your teenage. And it was kind of a more refined plot than you normally get yes, too. Yes, yes. It the simplistic black and white. Right. I, I definitely think it was more, you know, your teenage. Absolutely. And, and above and, and definitely more adulty yeah. than, um, you and, know. And what I thought was interesting about it was given – the circumstances of 2020, mm-hmm. it had a very poignant meaning yes. and a very poignant focus to appreciate the things that you do have by the end of the movie. Yes, and you know, and and that was definitely the the big focus of it. And I think also the fact that, um, you know, a, an, another theme to it was, you know, don't try to go for that big thing enjoy the little things you know don't don't miss out on the little things that right that really are what make life right exactly don't you know if if that big thing you know and and you know the big thing happens you might be disappointed because it wasn't everything you wanted it to be so you should really enjoy the the message was, was really kind of you know, life is a sum of all the parts, mm-hmm. not one particular aspect right, of it. Right, right. And there's so many things on a day-to-day basis that we, we probably tend to overlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And this was a nice little nudge to, to kind of focus on, yeah. on everything that happens. You know, mm-hmm. Maddie and I did our podcast this morning, and and a lot of it was, you know, we had talked about Christmas and presents. Right. And she had made the comment of, well, I didn't get a lot of big presents. I got a lot of little presents, but mm-hmm. a lot of those little presents mean a lot to me. Right. Like she was more excited about the little <laughs> magic eight ball yeah. than, you know, than the robot, you yeah. know, the, the little, you know, couple of dollar trinkety thing. And it almost <laughs> reminds me of the, the year aquarium. when the little yep. $2 aquarium that I had gotten her, which was this little tiny thing you put water in and the little fish yeah. expand. And that for for like a year was like her favorite toy, and it didn't yeah. do anything. It was just you know, and and it, it and I think you know, listening to you guys doing the podcast and her, you know, mentioning the magic eight ball as being like like that highlight. And that yeah. was the highlight, and it, and you know what? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. For me, it it left me with a lot of pride knowing yes. that she appreciates the little things, not just. As far as presence, but right. the little things in life. Right. You know, the quality family time we mm-hmm. have together, the, the yeah. movie time that you and her have when you mm-hmm. sit down and watch TV. Like she, she gets up, she got, she was upset because I was late the one night right. because we were watching some, we started watching something later right. than our normal right. whatever. And I wasn't ready right at eight o'clock and she she was right. kind of well, upset. and even like we had stopped doing the podcast for a couple of weeks because right. we had everything ripped apart, right? And she missed having those discussions. Yeah. yeah. So, and and that's really what the message of the movie is: mm-hmm. it's appreciate yes. those things because, Absolutely. especially nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. those things can be taken away from you when you least expect. Exactly. It. So, you know, I, I've I've heard a lot of people criticize the movie. Uh, I heard one person. Um, who really didn't like the movie, describe it as listening to that snowman from Frozen for the entire movie. (laughs) 
Um, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, was, I don't. There were slow parts. There were there were right. some, I don't know, predictable parts to mm-hmm. it. But I think overall, it was it was what we needed when we got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So it was it was very good timing. For yeah, yeah. So I would highly recommend it mm-hmm. if you haven't watched it yet. Yeah. So now we can talk about something that Disney's taking away. Sure. So news just came out uh, the this week um, that another Disney magic uh, opportunity is going to be going away. Um, so according to a cast member who um, a couple of people had spoken with, um, that is lo- the, uh, located at the firehouse, which is inside the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Uh, they had mentioned that the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game would be coming to an end on January 24th. Um, so Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom is essentially a scavenger hunt game where participating guests could search for 20 magic portals throughout the park and then battle with Disney villains such as Cruella, Scar, Jafar, are uh, Maleficent, Ursula, uh, Radcliffe, and Dr. Facilier. Um, no news as to if something is going to be replacing it or not. Um, obviously, they've been trying to kind of push people uh, to the Disney Park app, and then there's even a Disney Play app where while you're waiting in line, you can play uh, different games and, and whatnot. Um, so this is, you know, kind of sad to see it go. It's been around, I, I can't even remember for, for how long, but what was nice about it was one, it was free and not a lot of stuff in Disney is, is free. Um, it's also kind of one of those hidden gems. Not that many people knew about it. They, or a lot of people knew about it, but they didn't over, um, advertise, I guess, that they had it. So when you would first go into the park, uh, they'd have the, the firehouse where they'd have like a little sign and every day a new pack of cards would come out. So anybody that was local, they were going in and getting cards all the time. Uh, the other thing that was nice was when they would have special events. So when they would have the Christmas party or, uh, the Halloween party, there would be a special set of cards that came out that you could only get if you were going to those parties. So that was a kind of a neat thing. Um, and when you would get these cards, that was part of, um, when you would go and play again, it was a scavenger hunt. So there were different parts of the park, uh, that had these little portals and you'd have to hold up the card. And there was some sort of technology between what you were playing in the card to, uh, determine whether or not you beat uh the the villain or not and then if you did it would tell you okay now you have to go to this part of the park so it was a nice little add-on for people that had probably you know if you were again a local or if you were somebody that had gone to the park many times um so i think that was maybe the thing you know for the person that only goes like once in a lifetime you probably you know weren't gonna play um they used to have something in Epcot, that was kind of the same thing. They had a Kim Possible uh, scavenger hunt where you needed to borrow their equipment 
in order to to play it, and they had phased that out uh, a couple of years back. Um, so again, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of bring something back into play, you know, instead of that where you're using your own phone and you don't have to, you know, get a card or, or something from from them. So we'll see. So, so what was the reasoning they gave for this? There, there was no. Because I can't imagine that it has anything to do with health issues with COVID. Right. There can't, like, you know, you might have a couple of staff dedicated to manning the place where you pick up the car. Right, because other than that. there's a lot of overhead associated Right, you it. figure there's usually one or two cast members in there. You know, maybe just the cost of printing out the cards or maybe the fact that they're printing out the cards, they have to hand out a card. Maybe, you know, that's the COVID Thing. Okay, I could I could yeah, see that. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, real, all the articles. You know, there were a couple of different, and they were all from fan based. Um, see, we were talking websites. earlier, and, and this kind of strikes me as sort of when they shut down VMK, right? Where you know they've got the architecture already in place, they've got all the stuff in place for mm-hmm. this to run, right? So they're already invested in it, right? So I can't imagine it's a cost savings. Unless they're just going to revamp it where, again, instead of using a card, you're going to use your phone. Right. Maybe you have to bring up like a maybe QR code. a QR code or a Bluetooth scans. low energy or something like that. Right. So, so maybe, you know. We'll but they say. haven't mentioned anything about bringing a replacement Mm-mm, in, have no, they? No, nothing yet. Okay. All right. Well, well it is what it is, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, that was all we had for mm-hmm. Disney Detective. We're yep. going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly, and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Civ Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars Trivia, Guild Lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Go for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. So... Our thoughts on the season finale of Mandalorian. Yes. Do we have thoughts? I think we have lots of thoughts. Did we watch it? We sure did. And we're assuming everyone out there has watched it. If by now you have not watched it, shame on you. (laughs) Yeah. You're a disappointment. No. Um, Don't listen. Um, But if... You know, if you didn't watch it by now, you've probably already had spoilers um, uh, about it. And it was, I personally hadn't read anything about it. I know you did. So you knew 
yes. what was going to happen because you hate being surprised where I, on the other hand, I hate knowing because then I'm waiting and anticipating for right. said thing to happen. Um, it, it was looking kind of bleak. It was looking kind of dark as the episode started and how are they going to get out of this? And all of a sudden... You see an X-Wing fly by. Yes, you And you're do. like, oh, my God, it's Well, and the thing is, when they kind of played that up, because right. you've seen X-Wings show up several right. times in the series. Right, so season. it could be just any so, X-Wing. you know, you're kind of led to believe that it's these two guys that have been flying around and policing the galaxy, maybe. Right, but you're hoping. And... Then the way that they and and that's that was really the great thing is that right. the way that they played it up mm-hmm. was that our you know the heroes had stormed the bridge right so they took over the bridge right and they were in trouble because these dark troopers were all about to storm the bridge and kill everybody and they couldn't right. stop them right so you see this arrival on unfurl on various monitors. Right. And you're seeing glimpses of security cameras here and there. You see the ship show up. You see the person walking. And then all of a sudden, you see a lightsaber come out. And it's not in color. Right. It's black and white on these screens. Right. So you see a hooded figure with a lightsaber. And that's So at that point in time, you could almost assume, oh, Ahsoka's back, right? Right. You knew it had to be... Some sort of Jedi. Right. But it was one lightsaber this time. Right. So everyone, you know. And. Everyone the, grabs their, their edge of their seat here and right. are wondering what it is. Right. And as the battle goes, this person slicing these guys up, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then it cuts to a scene in a cargo hold mm-hmm. that's a live scene at this point. It's not a security camera. Right, right. And you see the color of the saber, and more importantly for me, you see the hilt. And the hilt is instantly recognizable right. to me because mm-hmm. I own several of them. <laughs> and you know at that point, even though the hood is still up and you right. don't see a face, mm-hmm. you know who it is. Right. And from then on, the scene unfurls live. You don't see too many of the security cameras. Right, right. So well done the way they did that. Mm-hmm. It was literally the Darth Vader scene, the hallway scene of Darth Vader from Rogue One, mm-hmm. where you got to see how badass Darth Vader was. Right. You got to see how badass this person was. Right. And they're slicing, they're throwing, they're pushing, they're they're crushing. Like force choking. It, blah, was, blah, blah, blah. it and, was awesome. Right. And they cut through all the bad guys. They show up on the bridge. They pull their cloak back, and you and see everybody it screams. <laughs> a young version of Luke Skywalker. Because mm-hmm. um, this is five years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So they had to digitally de-age Mark Hamill. Right. And they bring Mark Hamill back in to play the, the voice part. Right. He did the voice part, but they used a different actor for the, the body and, and de-aged his face and, you know. Correct. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. Um, and you have a couple of touching moments on the on the bridge there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have, uh, you know, Luke is there to take Grogu, baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And Grogu doesn't want to go. Right. Because he doesn't want to leave Mando. Right. And Mando's in there in his, his gear. He's got his helmet and everything on. And 
Grogu wants to see his face before he goes. Right. And you, he takes the helmet off. Right. You know, which is at that point in time, not as shocking as it had been. Right. Because we've, you know, just in a couple episodes back when, right. you know, he was on the, the base, you know, to blend in with all the others, he had to take his right. helmet off. And, you but know, you had this very touching scene. It was very like touching. father son scene mm-hmm. here that they have. Yeah. Um, and this is shortly after, you know, Moff Gideon tries to kill mm-hmm. Baby Yoda, and he, you know, Mando dives in front of right the child and and saves him from the the blaster bolts right. Um, and then you get one last cameo right. And who's the last cameo you get? That was um, R two D two. Oh right, I. I forgot yeah. we were, yeah. yeah. R2-D2, so R2-D2 follows him around and. Shows up and you yeah. get a little cameo of R2 there and. That went. Oh. Right. And at that yeah. point in time, everybody's in, in tears. Everybody's in tears. <laughs> um, so well done. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't have asked for a better. I don't know where they're going to go from here because. Right. You can't. But I said the same thing after the finale of the last one. Mm-hmm. Where do you go after that right. first season finale? Right, exactly. Um, very satisfied by it. Mm-hmm. And then we got a we got a cut a scene. teaser, right? Yeah, we got a cut scene, a post credit cut scene. Yeah, of a Boba Fett mm-hmm. who takes over the crime syndicate on Tatooine, apparently, mm-hmm. and he's getting his own show. Yeah. Apparently, everyone gets their own show in Star Wars now. Right. Um, Everybody gets a spinoff. <laughs> which, honestly, is kind of terrifying because I really think hmm. they're, they're very saturating much in danger again. of oversaturating the market again. You would have thought they would have learned the first time with the movies. Hmm. Well, so. and the other thing, too, is that the people that are doing the shows are different from the people that are doing the movies. And Well, and that's the thing. If you put Favreau and Filoni in charge of running the franchise... Oh, uh, they—they've resurrected it so far. With oh, absolutely, I absolutely. Mean, everything that should be done right, they've done. Mm-hmm. Which completely is counterintuitive to everything they did with the sequel movies, mm-hmm. which yeah. should literally just be thrown out right now mm-hmm. and let Favreau and Filoni redo the sequel trilogies. That wouldn't be a bad idea, and I'm sure they've probably thought about it. Have people that love it do it. And and that's the thing, because that was the other thing that we ended up watching was they did. So when the first season had finished, they had done an eight part documentary right. on the season. Um, what they did this time around was they just did a one hour special, you know, condensed version of it with, again, behind the scenes stuff and, and things like that. And again, just seeing the two of them talk about it they are just as you know in love with star wars as as all of the fans they are fans and they know how to to treat it and it's, you see it's one that. of those things that when i sit down with my star wars fans and we geek out over mm-hmm. it it's the same exact discussion mm-hmm. that they have on the set of the shows 
right. every day. And the the other thing that was really funny too was the one director. Um, you know, when he was putting together his ideas for, you know, he he got his Star Wars figures out and was playing in the backyard with his kids right. to help act out. You yeah, know he how was, he, he was wanted using his figures to <laughs> do the action to do the scene. You know, okay that. Yeah, you get my respect. Yeah, you know, you, you win right there. You, win. you should get. There should be an Academy Award just for authenticity. Right, exactly, exactly. So, so very satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, very disappointed that we have to wait until what December of next year now. Yeah, because I believe the Boba Fett story is actually supposed to come out first yeah and then we'll get a third season of of mandalorian so so i don't want to wait that long because it's so good but i want to wait that long so they do it right right exactly exactly anyway that's our thoughts on the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And the next article that we have actually is related to that as well. Why don't right. you tell us about so that? So the article uh, talks about how Mark Hamill was actually left speechless by uh, Mignon Wei's comments uh, on Twitter. So they kind of were going back and forth. So obviously, um, as we've mentioned, Mark Hamill was part of... Um, the Mandalorian, this, you know, the, the season finale, uh, obviously he's, you know, a Star Wars legend. Um, so what was kind of nice was, you know, they were tweeting, you know, some love back and forth. Um, so, you know, Mark Hamill had basically said, uh, hashtag no, no words. Seeing fans reactions to Luke's return is something I will cherish forever. Their anticipation of seeing the X-Wing in episode six, then a robe, a lightsaber, a green lightsaber, a gloved hand, an ungloved hand, a force choke, R2-D2 was just overwhelming very moving to me and then uh, Minya had responded saying you and Luke have uh, been immensely inspirational impact and impactful to my childhood and as an adult and to have shared a scene with you in the Mandalorian is truly one of the biggest highlight not just in my career but in my life thank you smiley face with a hardship uh, with heart-shaped red eyes. Uh, your fan always, Minya. And then Mark wrote back, you know, so, you know, he said, so this happened and I'm literally speechless other than to say the pleasure was all mine. Uh, you're not so bad yourself. Hashtag you're not so bad yourself. Um, and then she actually uh, had talked about how you know it was kind of like nerd nirvana adding that it was way cooler than the time that she met uh aerosmith steven tyler and spilled red wine on her arm and he wiped it off with a cocktail napkin so that ranked up you know higher so it's mark hamill then steven tyler spilling okay. wine on her well you know um, the one thing i have to say is it, it's nice to see not only this love from the actors themselves, mm-hmm. but the love from the fans mm-hmm. for this for this work. Absolutely, seeing what happened after some of these other after Phantom Menace and what mm-hmm. happened to Ahmed Best and right, you know what happened to Kelly Tran after mm-hmm. um, uh, 
Last Jedi. Right. You know, seeing that kind of toxic stuff come mm-hmm. up from the fans really is very disappointing. Mm-hmm. But this show itself has drawn people in. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a I have one of my employees down in uh, Maryland who uh, watches it with his son. Mm-hmm. And he, he said he gets angry at his son because his son watches it without him. He, he's so into <laughs> it. Um, so and it's, it's, it's sort of that, that bonding stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it pulls people in. It's mm-hmm. People that weren't even Star Wars fans True. are watching this and yeah. loving it. Yeah. Um, and that tells you something right there. It tells you that they're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to see that kind mm-hmm. of enthusiasm yeah. out there. So that was all we had for our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. We'll be back after a quick break with our entertainment news of the week. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. Go for entertainment news. So let's talk about that jumbled mess that was Wonder Woman 1984. So this was one that I was excited to watch. We had been, you know, waiting for it. It was supposed to come out during the summer. Then it got pushed back and, you know, got moved around. And then we were excited to hear that not only was it going to be released in theaters, but HBO Max was going to uh, be offering it. So we signed up for it. So we were ready. So Christmas Day, after we did all our presents and had breakfast, it was time to go watch Wonder Woman. Yay! That's that's two and a half hours of my life I would have liked to have gotten back. Yeah. It was, and I was eagerly anticipating it too. Yeah, And it was an absolute disappointment i mean i love the first one Mm -hmm. it was so well done Mm -hmm. yeah this one was i'm still puzzled as to why it was set in 1984 other than for the the novelty of it right the plot had nothing to do with the timeline right the effects that we saw in there like first of all it was too much digital digital effects over the top Mm -hmm. and the fact that her magic lasso can do literally anything. Right. It's it's such an uber plot twist. She was swinging off of lightning bolts. You're still she hung up on that. She <laughs> lassoed an airplane at 30,000 feet until she learned how to fly on her own just from encouragement. Right. 
from Steve Trevor, who shouldn't have come back, but managed to be reincarnated, reincarnated somehow in somebody else's. It was just, it was all over the place. And it was just, it was a mess. It was, I mean, I can't describe it any other way than it yeah. was just a mess. And I'm still confused as to who the villain was because by the end of the movie, the villain was someone you were supposed to have sympathy for. Right. Both of the villains were. Right, right. And it just, it made no sense whatsoever watching it. Right. It was like 15 different concepts all crammed into a blender, turned on, shredded up, and then poured out on the screen. Right. And, and you know, the one thing that kind of came to my mind was the campiness of the original 1970s uh, TV version of Wonder Woman. And in some ways, I was getting that feel that they were maybe trying to do a little of that. But again, it felt... You know, like there were parts of the movie that I liked. There were, you know, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And, you know, and and then, you know, like the, the whole opening scene was really kind of cool. Right. But then it was like. Well, and that was the problem with the opening scene. It was 20 minutes right. of an opening it was scene that they never to teach you not to cheat. Right. That was literally all you got out right. of that. That was the whole thing. I kept expecting something bigger right. to come where it was just like, okay, like, you, you spent all that time. It was it was 20 minutes of don't take a shortcut. Right. And it was like at the end of the movie, you're like, why was that even in there? Right. You know, you probably could have done a two minute. Yeah. You could have done a training montage and gotten away with it. Right. And, and you know, and, and then again, the whole... Okay, why was it set in the 80s? Okay, maybe you didn't want to set it in, you know, the 2000s or whatever, because then you're getting that mesh of the Justice League and everybody else. I'm pretty sure they set it in the 80s just so they could do a joke on fanny packs when they were doing the fashion show with Trevor. Maybe. That was literally the only thing. Right, like I could have seen like the 70s, you know, maybe like the 60s would have been, you know, uh, and maybe the 80s because of... The whole um, the 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 Ponzi scheme and sure. and things like that because that was really when that whole thing started to take off and you know uh, you know Wall Street and greed is good and you know so I could kind of see it was the reasoning was flimsy at best right and that's what I'm saying because again there was nothing else to you know obviously you needed to see that. She doesn't age. It was what the 1940s, the last time well, we earlier than that because it was 19, World War One. Oh, World War. So okay, so it was you know 1917, 1918. Okay, so the 1920s ish, we'll say, um, you know, and she's basically been able to you know do all these things and and kind of uh, keep herself hidden for the most part. Okay, so again, why 1984 besides that? And then, you know, she kind of keeps herself hidden when she's fighting, you know, bad guys in the mall because she's making sure to take out cameras. cameras out, right? But yet then there's other things where, you know, now you're in the White House. Well, and, and that was the other scene. Like, you're in the White <clears throat> House. You, you, you have a fight with a, another super-powered bad guy in the White right, House. right. You 
beat the crap out of a whole bunch of Secret Service guys. Right. And then you walk out of the White House. And nobody. And nobody stops you. Nobody asks you anything. I mean. Right. Like, it, it just, it made no sense. Yeah. And the worst part about this whole thing had nothing to do with this movie, really. It was the fact that <coughs> Disney announced they were giving Patty Jenkins a Star Wars movie. But, it, you know, I, there's a lot that goes into, you know, it's it's not always the director. It's not, all, you know, it's the script. She it's was the, the director dir- and she was the executive producer on this. And she co-wrote the script. So she had complete involvement in this okay. from day one. Uh, yeah. And that scares me. Yeah, well. So, I mean, yeah, not all sequels are good. In fact, most sequels usually tend to suck. Right. You know, and, and there but was. this was just not even worth and, the and that was the bucks we spent to get well, and HBO Well, in a way, thank God it was only 15 bucks and not 45 for us. And that's the to, saving grace of this movie is that we, I only lost $15 <laughs> watching it. $15 in two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's. and that's, It's pretty bad when the movie is so bad, we pause it in the middle for a bathroom break. Or what my one friend from, from work, he actually fast forward. He said yeah. he he got to point a point. Now he never saw the first one, and so, that's a shame because and that's probably good. And because and, now you can go watch the first one right, and realize, and go, it's oh my not god, terrible. this is so much better. Yeah. Right, exactly. So he was telling me when we were talking about it how he just sat there and probably fast forward through almost an hour of stuff and would kind of wait till he saw like a fight scene and then. She did a Mr. Miyagi and rubbed her hands together to make the plane invisible. That's how she got an invisible jet. It's just it, like. Well, and did we ever know like in how like we always knew she had an invisible jet. She didn't but get it from never, rubbing her hands together. I can tell you that right now. Like, I don't know. What was the origin of, of her having a, you know, maybe this was. She didn't rub her hands together to make the jet invisible, nor did she swing off of lightning bolt. That's physically <laughs> impossible. Physically impossible. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. Superheroes. Hello. Look, I'll I'll stretch the imagination for superpowers <laughs> if you want to give me some Hello, kind of supernatural. Like, that's totally impossible. Bolt. None of this is impossible. Had she hit the lightning bolt with the lasso, it would have <laughs> turned it into dust. Okay. I love how that's your. It's just it really it's a, that's how ludicrous that's, 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 what, that's what, what you're pushed up me on. over the edge oh my was God. swinging off of lightning bolts. <laughs> I, I just okay, I mean, sure. and that's prior to her learning to fly just by getting encouragement from a pilot, right? So anybody can fly, right? You just have to be encouraged to right. do it. You just have to have that's a pilot silly. tell you to ride the air. <sighs> She doesn't have any superpowers that lets her fly. It's just happy thoughts. She doesn't even have like pixie dust. I was just okay, gets sprinkled with pixie. Just happy thoughts. She can fly. <laughs> All right, blood pressure's too high. Let's move Ooh. on here. Let's talk about Hamilton and the fact that they're definitely not getting an Oscar. Yeah, so it seems that it's official that Disney Plus's Hamilton won't be eligible for Oscars despite potentially being up for other awards. So the musical obviously has 
had dominated Broadway ever since it premiered in 2015. But obviously, with everything that's been going on, theater has been, you know, virtually non-existent. But audience audiences did get to uh, witness Hamilton over the summer. Um, Disney was originally planning to release the filmed version of Hamilton in the theater sometime in the fall of 2021. But obviously, when the pandemic hit and, you know, there wasn't much entertainment out there, Disney had changed uh, their mind and uh, this past July made it available on Disney+. And also, with that, they ended up getting a heck of a lot more subscribers uh, to Disney Plus uh, as well because of that. So obviously, all of this kind of had people wondering if Hamilton would now be eligible for an Oscar. And that was something that kind of went back and forth. And, you know, we've talked about Oscar contenders before and what the stipulations are and that, um, you know, Netflix had a couple of show uh, movies that were able to be eligible for Oscar because they had uh, first premiered in the certain theaters uh, within Los Angeles County and things like that. But then they kind of changed the rules because they talked about um, how because of theaters being closed, they were going to allow certain movies that were going to be streamed to be eligible. But it seems after kind of going back and forth, because this is actually a filmed version of a live show, I think that's where the technicality kind of, uh, that's where the, the Oscar, um, committee has has basically come in and said that it wouldn't be eligible but the other thing that um seems to be coming out is that it will be able to uh be up for a golden globe and also sag awards uh as well so it's still a contender uh for some sort of awards but obviously not for um the oscars which you know i guess it's not horrible um well and i gotta tell you i'm not i'm not surprised at this decision given right. the other shenanigans of of right various entities martin scorsese being one of them mm -hmm. and steven spielberg being another one mm -hmm. of them trying to restrict what movies can be uh nominated for oscars for whatever reason like i i still don't understand why they're so against giving the just rewards to such creative geniuses well and that's the thing is they were both on opposite sides where steven spielberg was it needs to be a film and not on streaming where martin scorsese the irishman which was his which was primarily netflix that was you know he was okay with it right. going so they were kind right. of on on either so side why you would the... want to deny it is beyond me right especially this show itself it wasn't just somebody set up a couple of cameras mm -hmm. in the audience and filmed a stage show right this movie that was shown on disney plus mm -hmm. was a stage show come to life on film mm -hmm. they had special camera angles special techniques they had multiple filming days they did it with and without an audience mm -hmm. it was a major production to do mm -hmm. to present it in a way that you could never see it in the theater right that alone 
should qualify it mm-hmm. for these awards. Yeah. But you have, you know, these ridiculously <clears throat> over-controlling people who don't want to accept that. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, it, it's one thing if you've got your own movie up and it's competing against it and you want right. to sort of salt the deck so that you win. Right. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't get it. If it's, if it's, if it meets the qualifications. Right. Exactly. It, it should, should be eligible. Exactly. So. You know, why wouldn't you want to encourage more creative mm-hmm. development like that? Right. Right. Anyway, so that was all we had for our entertainment mm-hmm. news this week. We'll be right back with our, uh, with what? Our cre- uh, insightful creative, picks. Right. Our creative <laughs> picks. Now our insightful picks of the week. Those things we do. <laughs> we'll be right back. Go for your insightful pick. So my insightful pick uh, is a show that uh, started streaming on Christmas Day um, on Netflix, and it is called Bridgerton. Um, it is a mer- it is a, a period drama uh, series um, that is actually based off of a set of novels by Julia Quinn. Um, and the books came out, I want to say in the nineties, I think I, uh, different people, I, I never read the books, but I know, uh, different people, different friends of mine who have read the books and they were very excited, uh, to see the show come out. And then people that have now, uh, finished watching the show that want to go back and, uh, read the set of books. Um, so the drama actually centers around the Bridgerton family, um, where uh, Violet is the mother, she is a widow, and she has four sons and four daughters, and also kind of a competing family uh, in town, uh, the Featheringtons. And the uh, story basically takes place in the competitive world of uh, Regency London, a high society's town, during the season where debutantes are presented at court, and basically you get to see you know, how it all, um, you know, kind of works its way out. Um, the interesting thing about it is when you start watching it, you, you know, it kind of has that look of, you know, a, a, you know, a typical British period drama, you know, with the fancy people with their clothes and, you know, and the dapper gentleman strolling. And then all of a sudden you realize it's a little bit different because, the one prosperous gentleman that's walking down the street happens to be black and he's courting a white woman and nobody is making any qualms about it. It's just a normal thing. Um, it kind of reminds me there was, I think it was only one season. Um, and I don't even remember how many years ago, um, but they had kind of done a reboot of Romeo and Juliet um, where they had kind of done, it was still kind of set in that same time period, but the cast was multicultural. Um, so you had, you know, black, white, African, uh, um, uh, black, white, uh, Asian, um, you know, and, and, um, Latino basically playing, you know, all different characters and the family was like a mix, you know, each family was kind of mixed. And this is kind of the, um, a little bit of, of that vibe to it is that there's no color, you know, everybody is just 
a human being in in some respects um so if you like that that period drama um it's a very romantic um there's some scandal going on there's some mystery uh the other little uh undertone of the show is that there's um a newsletter i guess that kind of comes out once a week and nobody knows who writes it. And it's kind of like the gossip column of of the day. And everybody, you know, is trying to figure out who is the, the author of this and, and what uh, what not to it. So that kind of adds to it. And you kind of see the, you know, all the eligible women vying for, you know, the best suitor and, and what it really means to them to... Uh, you know, to marry and, you know, move on to the next stage, you know, of their life. So really well done. And even the music, too, like when they're going to balls, it's, you know, it's that classical music. But every now and then you kind of listen and you realize it's a modern pop song, but they're doing it in classical music. So it kind of sets it. So it kind of reminds me of uh, Knight's Tale when they do different dance routines, but yet they're playing a modern song you know, in a classical way. So very well cool. done. Cool. Good pick. Thank you. So my pick this week is, uh, along the lines of back to status as usual is a documentary called flying through time. This is actually an old one that I, I kind of stumbled upon on Amazon prime. This was made back in 2004. Uh, it was a single season, but they did a Herculean effort with 27 episodes in a single season. And, you know, it's back in the old days when you got more than five episodes of something per season. Mm-hmm. Um, so flying through time with flying through time, you can discover the excitement of flying as we rev- uh, revel, uh, reveal the most remarkable aircraft ever built and the aeronautical achievements that shaped aviation history. Audiences will be fascinated with educational portraits on the history of airships, warplanes, and luxury jetliners. Flying Through Time is this wonderful series all about airplanes. And and what I thought was interesting about it, first of all, it's kind of quaint to watch it and see some of the uh, uh, effect, visual effects that they do. Because it's a, it's a, you could tell it's a low budget production. Okay. But, it's incredibly informative. It's what, what they're lacking in visual effects and production value. They more than make up for in historical and factual information. Okay. And it's one of these shows that they don't just showcase military aircraft or commercial. It's everything. And it's not just aircraft. So from episode to episode, you'll get aircraft carriers and airplanes associated with them. And then you'll get, specific aircraft like the F-14 Tomcat, you'll get giant aircraft. Uh, There's a two-part episode about the Boeing company and its contributions to aviation. There's an episode on vertical takeoff vehicles. There's the P-38 Lightning. There's the Century Fighters that came out in, you know, the, the 100 series of fighters that came out in the 50s and 60s. Then you have a, a history of commercial aviation. It's they don't limit themselves in the scope, and it's literally the most comprehensive history of flying that I've ever seen, hmm. as far as engineering and the technology behind it and the evolution of the airplane. 
Um, and every episode seems to be slightly different than the other in the way they present it. So it's a very well uh, produced and documented um, program. One of the one of the better flying ones that I've seen. I'm I'm probably two thirds of the way through it now, and I, it's one of those ones that I when I put it on, I can't help it but wanting to watch the next episode and binging the whole thing. I'll watch four or five episodes in a shot. So flying through time, uh, streaming now on Amazon Prime, and we'll be right back. So that was all we had for today, which mm-hmm. was a lot more than I thought we had. See? It, well, it's amazing when you ask me to give my opinion on a movie that's really bad. <laughs> uh, somehow I just can't help myself. Nope. But that's okay. That's um, what it's all about. Exactly. So before we go, I do want to encourage folks once again to subscribe to the podcast. You can find the audio versions as insights into entertainment. The video versions are insights into things. Uh, currently available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Castro, and pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, I would once again also invite folks to reach out to us, give us your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at insights underscore things. We stream six days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash insights into things. On Facebook at facebook.com backslash insights into things podcast. We are on Instagram where at some point in time we'll post something else. It's been a while since we I posted, posted something today. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, saying good. that, hey, we're back in the studio. So. Oh, awesome. So you can find <laughs> us on Instagram at Insights Into Things. Uh, the audio version of all of our podcasts are at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. You can get high-res versions of our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash insights into things. And if you missed any of those and you only can remember one website, the one that has links to everything and anything, would be our main website is insightsintothings.com. And I don't know how they could forget any of that stuff because I say it 12 times during the show. (laughs) Uh, But that is it for this week. Mm -hmm. Another one in the books. Have a good week, everyone. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,